From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. How's it going, Michael? Going good, Matthew. How you doing, my man? Excellent. Oh, mm, good, good, good. Yeah, we just got some. Uh, what is that? The phrase uh, from Star Wars. There was like a a rift in the Force or whatever. I know every Star Wars guy is going to be yelling at the podcast right now, telling me the actual <laughs> quote. But you know what I mean? Because uh, it's not a rift. Yeah, John Saxon. He's left uh, the Bruce universe. Yes, a couple days ago. Yes, he did. Wait. Yeah. Good old John, man. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one, you know. It's like it's especially when you've been, you know, you know, being in this business, and you start, you know, and you and I, you know, of course, I bonded with these artists a lot, and, right? And and then the watch when you start watching them go, like James Garner was another one that I knew, and and uh, and Rance Howard, and you know, um, but yeah, so John Saxon, we lost John Saxon, and that uh, just the other day, you know, just yeah. a couple of days ago. Um, and he's one so of the yeah. coolest parts of Edge of the Dragon. I had no idea how much I would love him as time went on. You know, going back in the day and like seeing that movie as a young kid, he was so cool. And you know, um, I feel like he really is an important part holding it all together. I've obviously rewatched my um, Criterion Collection version um, of Edge of the Dragon to see all of his scenes, and he's a magic man. Yeah, and that's why he was brought in, you know. He was kind of brought in for that reason at the time because, you know, they didn't think Bruce was going to necessarily um, sell it overseas right. internationally. So they were, you know, brought John in to kind of help pump it up a little bit. I mean, he's he always just felt, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know this, but um, he, um, and I didn't even know this until he told me, but they uh, actually Bruce Lee had met him and seen him more than met him uh years before when uh, john was doing a martial arts demonstration it was in the late 60s i guess and it was in somewhere in la and bruce happened to be in the audience and saw him so then when 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 john was uh came out to do the movie bruce was like hey you know i actually i'd seen you before because i was at this event you did so he'd actually had a run-in with him he just didn't realize it to go back in time to like the martial arts scene back in the 60s it has to be freaking amazing you know yeah, yeah, he was straight up a karate, you know, I mean, that was what, what John was doing yeah. at the time. It was some, uh, I forget which system it was, but, you know, he had been studying a little bit. So, you know, John was into it a little early on, and then he got into some Tai Chi, and then, of course, by the time he went to uh, do Enter the Dragon, he was learning a bit more through just interacting with everybody there. Yeah, totally cool. Well, um, we're doing, um, we're going to we're gonna do um the ninja strikes back here, but um, I will say for all of the John lovers, uh, we have a, a little surprise at the uh, end of this episode. So, if you don't love the ninja strikes back, you might want to stick around anyway and listen to us talk about it because there's a little something yeah. extra. So, well, you, you know, just to let you know, you're going to get a little John's actual voice. So yeah. it's an exclusive to this. This will be the first time. Uh, I mean, we can talk about it at the end, but uh, um, yeah, it's something worth. Uh, Sticking around for if you're a Bruce Lee fan or a John fan or just a and you know you know our people are <laughs> yeah yeah definitely There's some uh, you know actually at one point uh, they were John was they were advertising him and I have it somewhere in one of my vari- old varieties but they were going to do a film that 
I used to talk to him about it. He couldn't remember it or not, but it was I think it was going to call Enter Another Dragon, I think they were going to call it at the time, <laughs> and, and they wanted John to, to do it with them. And they had I got a little poster, it was a little advertisement um, with his name in it. I forget who the other actors were, some other Chinese actors, but I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and this this film could have been it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, obviously John wasn't in it, but we're uh, we're definitely doing some Way of the Dragon, some Enter the Dragon. You name yeah. it. You name it. This movie's a mashup. Yes, it is a mashup for sure. I mean, this actually, this um, this movie, and you know what? You brought it up before we move on. Maybe we should mention that obviously people probably know this, but the Criterion came out with with a, a box set of Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. And um, but not just that it's a box set of Bruce Lee movies, but they opened the tiny, tiny little door to Bruce exploitation within the um, within the box set. So that was kind of a good thing by including uh, Game of Death Part Two, which How unfortunately. Cool is that? I know it's great, and the unfortunate thing is, it's it's just this. I think it's a standard def um, up-res to HD. So I mean, it, but it still looks really nice. It's yeah. just that it's uh, and the fact that they even have it on there, which is kind of stunning to me. Um, they've got a, a handful of uh, <clears throat> trailers they put on there, and then they've got a guy on there talking a little bit about the the history of it. But the the trailers, unfortunately, they I don't know. They just Usually, Criterion's really kind of straight up, you know, finding the best elements for these trailers, and they just stuck a bunch of these four by three cropped trailers of Bruce Plotation movies on, including Black Samurai with Jim Kelly on there, which even it. by most people's token would you know, be a Bruce Plotation movie. Totally, per se, even though, right? Even though Jim sometimes <laughs> works the Bruce thing a little bit, um, he's no Black Dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, we and I think you wanted to mention something about that yeah absolutely so um yeah i mean obviously this is a really big deal for everybody who loves bruce lee i mean i can't um, i can't remember being this excited about a release i mean i was just talking gosh a few months back we were i'm like i just don't know what is like what would i have seen back in the day like it's it's confusing when i have a chinese language version for example of um fist of fury and it's like has subtitles, but then I also have the overdubbed one. So, yeah, mm. I think the answer is in most American markets, at least, we got overdubbed versions, and it's cool to see like some original Chinese. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and, and just you know, definitely get out there and support the the. First off, it's it is the best collection of these movies. Just some people that aren't even maybe paying it. It's it's the first time they've thrown Enter in with the rest of them. Like they've released a number of these films, like Way the Dragon, Big Boss, and right. Fist of Fury together with maybe even you know. Uh, game of death but this is the first time they've thrown enter the dragon and it's two versions of it. it's both the original release and the the more updated one where they stuck in the extra couple of scenes and some of the music different music cues um plus there's a lot of great extras on there some good interviews um like i said the transfers of particularly a big boss and and fist of fury to me is just the best i've you know i've ever seen yeah and um, and then there's like I said we you know for the Bruce Plotation fans man a Game of Death too which you can't go wrong with and no. uh, and uh, um, which is like paving the way for some of the the stuff that we've got in the pipeline which is great which I'm really excited about. Well, I need you to remind me on something there. So before I yep. before I go there, I will say exactly what you just said. I mean, the Enter the Dragon version on these discs is amazing. I mm-hmm. I get so tired of like trying to show people Enter the Dragon and it's like missing Bodo breaking the guy's back or it's missing the bottle scene or something. It's just it's like no, this is finally like the complete regular one I've known my whole life. And um that said, uh I forget about official sequels, but doesn't Tower of Death fit in there as an official sequel? 
Well, Tower of Death, and you and I talked about this. Yeah. We did, I think it was episode, I don't know, what, three or right. four that we did. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> we did Tower of Death. Well, well, we did, well, Game of Death 2 and Tower of Death are the same Perfect. thing. Perfect. Just making so, sure, because I love yeah, Tower no, no, of it's... Death, and I haven't watched the uh, new version, the Criterion of Game of Death 2. or you know. Well, good. If you saw Tower of Death, it's worth watching this, because they're very different, actually. There's, a, there's actually a Korean version, too, that actually has different... Um, clips too with some stuff with uh, Kim Tae-jong in it that seeds. so there's mm. essentially three variants on this movie but the 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 two main ones is the Tower of Death that we did which is yeah. uh, the the Chinese version and then Game of Death 2 and one of the big differences is that in Tower of Death they're mostly incorporating extra footage from um Enter the Dragon that wasn't used oh. or outtakes etc where in Game of Death 2 when that's the Americanized version that's the American release gets rid of all that stuff and uses mostly clips from Big Boss and Fist. Like they, they edit in different shots to make the sort of fill in the same, but it's all same sequences. It's what's that? It's all Klaus, right? Robert Klaus. Is he responsible for some of the sequel stuff? No, he had nothing to do with this. This was Insign Yoon who did Bruce Lee, the man, the myth. In fact, Roy Horan had told me that he said that Insign Yoon was told by Golden Harvest, look, we got all this Bruce Lee footage. (laughs) And so we want to, you know, from bits from Leftover from End of the Dragon, we want to build a movie around it. And that was part of the reason he signed on. He's like, okay, great. So, and if you, and this is what I find what's really interesting about the movie itself is that when you watch it, even though it's Game of Death 2, it plays so much more like a sequel to Enter the Dragon. First off, mm-hmm. it's all the, the clips from Enter the Dragon, but just even the, his, you know, Tang Wung, um, uh, Kim Tai Jung's presentation of Bruce is very much the way he was as, as um, Lee in Enter the Dragon. But, even towards the end when, and this was part of the, the deal, when he goes into the cavern, or he's going into like a, the base to fight, yeah. you know, a fight at the end. Yep. He, uh, he goes, at one point you'll watch him, he takes his shirt off and he goes in with these black pants and he enters this, in this cave, etc. And then he's in this like sort of cavern. And that was always meant to lead into what they hoped was going to be extra footage of Bruce Lee with his shirt off fighting in the caverns right. and into the dragon. And they were going to stick that stuff in. And then he puts his jacket back on and then he goes in and fights um, uh, uh, Lee um, Choi San, what's his name, and uh, the ball guy. And um, and then Wang Zhang Lee. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that that is... Um, that origin so to me it always plays more like a sequel to enter the dragon than it does the game of death but that was the reason why and then the korean version of the film has uh just some extra footage with uh kim Ta- anyways a long convoluted thing but there is like basically three different versions like of this it. the one we have on criterion is essentially the american release okay so game i'm, I'm finally going to see something new i mean i love tower of death i think you chose it really well as an early one for us because I, yeah. it really made a difference for me in terms of like following the timeline, which is where I, I'm like, wait, I thought that was an official sequel, but yeah, I get it. Chinese versus no, it's American. Definitely, and, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a rewatchable Bruceploitation film. I mean, it's up in the right. – if you got ten top ten rewatchables, it's Tower of Death is always fits in there, yeah. you know, and – you know, you get Yun Bu in there, and Lee. Um, you get uh, Roy Chow, who's in Enter the Dragon, playing the the monk again. You know, it's great. It's it's you get some good stuff in there. I like it. Well, let's get into the Ninja Strikes Back. This was eighty two. Is that right? Or am That's I... correct. Okay, cool. And then um, this one was pretty straightforward. So first off, I mean the budget, right? But we're going to get into the people. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Bruce Lee. Uh, we got uh, Huang Zhang Li. We got uh, Harold Sakata, who was hilarious, and it was so funny to see him in this. And it was like you could see that it's he's past his expiration date. Like he doesn't, he didn't come across as tough or you know the super henchman <laughs> of the Bond days. He was like 
but it was so cool to see him, right? Yeah, playing the same guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they even get him throwing the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Andre Kub is, but I liked him. And you know, well, uh, you mean who he was in the movie? No, he, I don't know that actor at all. Well, Andre, well, actually, Andre's more of a producer. He, okay. as a matter of fact, um, I've actually got some really rare footage of the. He's Andre is the one that's producing this film. He did a couple films with uh, with Bruce Lee. And in fact, Challenge of the Tiger, he also was one of the producers, and that was one we did early on where they remember they invent the 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 kills your sperm yeah. uh, thing <laughs> that that whole deal. Same same group of guys. They were shooting these films the back to back. But um, Andre, uh, I've got this great footage of of him and Bruce Leg touring around in France, doing all these television promotions to oh. promote the movies, and they're. Bruce is doing all these demonstrations, and they're talking to him in English sometimes, and you know. Um, but yeah. Andre, so he plays the French policeman in this, and he put, so he kind of stuck himself into this. I like it into this film, but yeah, he's a he's a producer, and he actually as a he put out a couple of books on Bruce Lee back in the back in the seventies. So you know, it makes sense that he's a producer, I suppose, in the way that I feel like this mm-hmm. um, is the highest budget. Um, Bruce Do you know Lee? what the budget of this was? What it was fifty grand. Ah, oh, well, the cameras looked great. Like it looked like they they had some freaking lights. Well, in they the they were working a lot with the Italian crew too. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. doing a um, and like much like um, Kidnap in Rome and um, Little Godfather of Hong Kong. You know, you've got this, you know, you've got this mixed crew mm-hmm. of the Chinese and the Italians, and then they're they're playing like travel logs. So they go shoot the film everywhere they think is you know some famous. <laughs> right. I wanted to, to ask you: Do you think they actually were allowed? To film in the Paris subways and uh, yeah, I don't know that. I mean, you, all I know is they they were probably able to, but they were probably told that they just can't stop people from right. going back and yeah. forth. That's why you have these scenes, like you know, in the middle of the movie where they're doing a fight scene. You just see people hanging out in the background watching them fight. Oh like, my god, the train like scenes! Those are real guys oh. on the train commuting. They're looking over yes. like what? Like what? What the? Oh, that scene. That, oh, we get into that scene. Yeah, but there's plenty of that stuff yeah. in this. So I think they were just pretty much running around with the cameras and just I love it shooting what they could shoot and yeah, yeah. it was super international. Yeah, super international. Well, so let me ask you, fifty grand. What do you think they made back in profit? Uh, well, on this thing, they probably did pretty well. I mean, this, it was going to be one of those. You know, this was probably at the the. This is where the movies were tapering off a little bit, mm-hmm. but still, when you're making a movie for fifty grand, and you probably have, you know, I don't know what, maybe probably had half a dozen prints they were running around and throwing a couple of the United States and a couple of Europe and a couple of Hong Kong. I mean, obviously, they're shooting this film to be more international you know they're shooting in hong kong they're shooting it in you know uh, paris they're shooting it in you know uh all over italy so they were really going for international appeal with yeah. this one <laughs> which we'll get into because i'm gonna laugh so loud at so many of these scenes and i'll just hint for everybody who's already seen this uh let's go ahead and drink out of the public fountain <laughs> yeah oh god yeah that's right that's right okay well let me finish off here um chick norris who is uh i guess Corliss Randall, according to an internet movie database, is that right for the female detective? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I don't think they ever say the name, but it's in the credits. 
It's his, oh, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's in the credits. Chick I can't remember. Norris. <laughs> well, no, no. I know that in the poster. I wasn't sure if they ever said it actually in the in the actual film. No, itself, but no. They, okay, that's what they that's don't what even say her yeah. name. Like the first time she shows up, which we'll talk about. I'm like, my note was like, weird lady shows up shooting at people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't quite Cor- establish yeah. which Corliss Randall's probably yeah, exactly. She, I mean, she that she was actually married to Dick Randall, uh, who's the other producer on the film. Dick Randall's the guy that plays the ambassador. The, right, yeah. correct. That's Dick Randall. So he um, he's he did a couple of these movies. He did a Killer Crocodile movie. You know, he's he's been he he's been around for a while. He passed away about twenty years. He ago, looks but, like um, a trashy film producer. Yeah, like- this was just all a bunch of friends. You know, I'm throwing in. You know, Casanova Wong got in there. Bolo, yeah. you know, et cetera. Bolo. Yeah, yeah a bit part for Bolo, and he doesn't even get to show off his. I mean, he does put a woman over his shoulder, so I guess that's he does. Enough, but. Yeah, he doesn't really get to Bolo as much. And what's we'll get to that too, but what's with the hair on his back? Yeah, there's a little patch. I don't know if they were going for that, <laughs> you know, Godfrey Hole monkey thing. The gorilla thing, right. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was because, you know. Can you imagine <laughs> Bolo at one point in his career, he's like, no more freaking monkey stuff. I'm a regular no <laughs> human being. <laughs> I'm going to go do blood sport where I get to kick butt and not wear extra hair on my body. Yeah, that's right. Because it always comes back to, right, uh, what's the classic where you had the hairy chest and the bananas and uh, yeah, Dragon the, the Hero. The, the Dragon the Hero, yeah. Yep. I love that movie. Okay, well, uh, and then finally I had Bolo and I also had just in their list, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, so who directed this? According to IMDb, it is Andre and Bruce Lee, but I'm sure. Well, it's Joseph Kong and Bruce Lee. Okay. You know, Bruce Lee at this point, when he did he did Challenge of the Tiger also for this, you know, Andre with Andre, and then he did this one. They were kind of partnering up to do some some projects together, and so this was, uh, he was, I mean, when they say directed, but I don't know if he was just kind of throwing ideas around, right. et cetera, but... Uh, I've got a couple of photos of him, actual photos. They were like, I don't know, remember where I got them from, but they were actually from the set. They were printed up, you know, with the dates and everything on the back. So they're original photos of him on the set. And it's just, you know, it's I, he's there's a couple of them where he's hanging out behind the camera like he's trying to set something up. But otherwise, I, you know, I don't know what his involvement to, to how far he got himself involved with this. I mean, yeah, the interesting thing about him is that this company about Bruce Lee is that after... The company that made this one, which is Dragon Films, I think it was called, okay. he they went on and produced another film called Ghost of the Fox, and go and this was like in nineteen now about we're talking about another eight nine years from when they did this, and um, and Bruce Lee directed it and he also put himself in it and it's interesting to see and from what I know of Bruce Lee because we were dealing with him for a, a, you know a couple of years actually he. Um, for as Bruce as he got during his Bruce Boytation days, as as into it as he was, and and I know people that had met him and said, God, he's just like he seems to think he was Bruce Lee when he was walking around. Um, he would direct these movies and 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 put productions together, and that's more how he is now. Where the, he was like the, went the exact opposite direction. You know, Ghost of the Fox was this very strange fantasy, like, you know, like almost crouching tiger, hidden dragon hmm. wannabe, obviously. But, you know, with these goofy special effects and lightning bolts and, fa- you know, so there it's it's interesting to see where he was trying to go. I think probably somewhere around the time this film got made a little bit afterwards, you know, he started to really kind of push himself in another direction. But anyways, he... Uh, this company that did this and Challenge of the Tiger and um, this this film went on and did Ghost of the Fox later with uh, Bruce at the helm. 
He um he definitely seemed more comfortable in this as a leading man. Like he really kind of was trying to you know own his scenes, be the present one. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think this movie suffers a lot from overdubbing because they they took the dialogue, even if it was the real original dialogue, and they just made it boring with the American actors. That said, it's filmed. It looks really nice. Um, the biggest well, yeah, yeah. They're they're trying to guess a lot of times what they're saying. They don't always know exactly. So you know, when they have right. when you have, I guess it's uh, Dick Randall, and he's with uh, I can't remember one of the other guys, and they're walking, and they're just talking. He's just you can hear they're just extending the conversation about totally. nothing. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, like and, and some of my favorite lines in this are things like that. It's like, well, what do we do now? It's like, well, we go after the women. <laughs> yeah, we go after the women. That's right. There's another one. It's like. You guys know exactly what I need you guys for. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. It's an interesting movie. And again, really high quality. And I could see how a uh, $50,000 budget, you said it, they just had some good cameras. And I feel like they took their time. The biggest problem, of course, is the plot. The plot is terrible. Yeah, I think, yeah. And and the one thing that we'll talk about that I thought was interesting about it and could have made, they didn't really play it up and but it was kind of the more original aspect to it was the um the relationship he had with Wang Zhang Li, yeah. you know, because that was the they're part. they're playing friends that sort of fall apart and become competitors, you know, which uh obviously it, it plays at the end as we'll talk about right. very much like, you know, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris's kind of situation with them at the end of that. But here it's even Better in that sense because they actually, rather than just being martial arts brothers that confront each other at the end, they they actually know each other. So, but of course, it gets a little bit lost in the middle of the film, and and it's there's never really an explanation of why they yeah <laughs> they go. The, you got it exactly because so. from the beginning you know uh, Wang Zhongli. He just he like embodies the spirit of a martial artist. When you see him, you're like, oh, I wouldn't mess with you. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's just so good. So right in the beginning, you're right. They're a little bit like, well, we're friends. And yeah, they could have played that up a lot and it made a better movie, I think. Um, I'll just... Yeah, and I think, I think it's just, you know, the other thing about this we should talk real quick about is just the fact it was called, when it was made, it was called Bruce Strikes Back. Okay. The, you know, they were playing off of the Bruce exploitation angle to it. Now the movie, they ch- and actually at the, I don't know if it was titled that at the time. But it played at the Milan Film Festival in 1982, and it actually did really well. And you know, at that point, you know, they um, helped p- push it on. But they changed it to the Ninja Strikes Back to capitalize on all the the uh, American the ninja, ninja aspects. Exactly. Of it. Yeah, there you go. It was a big deal. I mean, God, my favorite movie of like that time was probably The Octagon, which kind of introduced right. me to ninjas, and it was nothing to mm-hmm. do with ninjas. <laughs> Sakura, why? No, I love that movie. But yeah, we were all into ninjas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go back to the whole, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub uh, ninjas. Right, which they do a thing. They do a very similar effects. Totally. They do, yeah. yeah. Oh, in that said, I love Ajab's uh, metal pokey fist. It's the greatest thing ever. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into this. So this movie uh, starts out. So we actually, it's like the classic. We actually have a bunch of scenes that happen before we ever get to the credits. So. We start mm-hmm. with what I call the Zatoichi card game because most Zatoichi episodes have this moment that happens where Zatoichi's sitting there playing dice with people and they try to cheat him because he's blind. It's kind of like that. He's Bruce and they try to take advantage of him and Bruce calls him out. So we get our right out of the gate. We get this weird sort of Bruce is the coolest guy ever, like Vegas kind of thing, but then a big fight with ridiculous stuff. There's like a point where he sits on a guy's leg 
to not let him move and punches him in the face. Right, right. But a great way to start this. And then he has a Western girlfriend playing pool who I thought at the time was like kind of weird, but she stays around a while. Yeah, they, they build this, the beginning of it, it's kind of, it's funny because in the opening they're at the card game and then they're looking at their cards and it's very intense and this music's really intense and at this point you don't even know who anybody is so you're kind of like, why is this so intense? Totally. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so so pounding you on the head. But uh, yeah, and it, and it actually is an example of, we, we've talked about this a little bit, but where you can make an argument that Ninja Strikes Back, like a, a number of what we call Bruce Plotation films, in a sense, isn't very Bruce Poitier. It's a gangster movie with kung fu guys. It's not like they're following along the typical tropes of a Bruce Lee movie, except that all of these elements that pop in throughout are very Bruce Lee related and sort of elevated into that into that place. You know, we, yeah. you know, the ending of it obviously being a big example of that, but just in the names and and some of the, the things we'll talk about as we go along. But the, the actual film itself is, you know, it's a crossover. It's a ninja gangster movie with some kung mm-hmm. fu. You know, that's it. It would make way more sense as like a... So we've talked about this a bunch of times, but I like it. I like the idea that everyone was like, Bruce was really concentrating on martial arts and stuff. But if he had lived, he would have tried to do a James Bond, which is what this was, you know, tried to do some international... Yeah, he was going to. He was going to do the man with the yeah. uh, golden gun. Yeah. yeah. Or so, he wanted to. Anyway. So this is what we imagined would have happened, right? It's instead, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like Bruce Lee did a big, it wasn't him, <clears throat> but they did a big disservice to him by having so many Westerners because every Westerner is like a foot and a half taller than him. And unlike Bruce, when you look at Bruce Lee, even though he was a small man, he made sure in films he never looked like the small man. <laughs> but poor Bruce, poor Bruce Lee here. He looks like a five foot tall guy with a bunch of six foot dudes around him, and it, yeah. like the punches don't land as hard when you're that small. <laughs> that's true. It's weird when I watch this. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, oh my god, look at him. He's just a little guy, and especially when that black dude picks him up and pretty much throws him off the balcony. I was like, yeah, they were like, holy cow, we get an average size like a big black american and bolo now looks small <laughs> yeah that's right yeah they got oh, the guy on the roof yeah yeah, he was enormous and he picked up bruce lay and bruce lay looked like me picking up my toddler it was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i guess is good but yeah so we got westerners uh i like some of the little stuff so we're just about to show up to um the bad guy's lair and there's this great scene of this fiat um totally like getting open the gate to the palace and then he gets to go in <laughs> but that was really funny but then we get inside and it was boobs and tigers well you know ev- that's the thing about this movie and it was the same of challenge of the tiger you know it's every time you ask, get a pool what was the bruce lay with the bull was that that was it okay. challenges the, the same it's the same people yeah it's, it's some of the same actors it felt you know? i mean it's, identical. It's half, it felt like an yeah. it felt like a sequel to that well, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a sequel in in tone, if anything, you know. And and every time we get a pool in this movie, there's a topless girl there. So it's it's just the way it rolls. They were tying topless girls to boats and stuff. Oh, not like oh my god, not like that. They just every every room they go into happened to be a porno set <laughs> at one point, you know. Okay, and we're or gonna somebody. get there. But what's that music they're playing in that porno? Because it only made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, the music. Yeah, they they've they ripped some good uh, hits of the day in this. You know, they had. Um, Besides the opening credits, which we haven't even gotten yeah. to yet, you know, with Enter the Dragon, yeah. et cetera. You've got, like, Kelly's Heroes throughout, and you've got uh, a couple of James Taylor's hits Dude, in there. at one and, point, I heard Morning is Broken. Morning is Broken, <laughs> yep. 
I was like, wait, what? (laughs) They just elevator music it. So somehow I guess they figured they can get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's cool. It's like we get into Hans Island. We get all these naked ladies. We have Bengal tigers. You see this training scene of guys in geese. But instead of Enter the Dragon of just the kata punch, punch, they're they're using uh, katanas and, you know, learning their sword play. There's a dude. What do you call those? Um, I always, I knew that. I know the name. It's called a. No, I've got it wrong. What's the name of the triple forky little martial arts? The, weapon? the Sai? Yes, a Sai. The, Thank the you. Sai. Right, I knew one of the the Ninja Turtles had one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I never held one in my life, but yeah, there's a guy with those, and he actually comes back right. later on and fights with them. I don't know. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I didn't know that we were setting up this beginning. Like all these guys were, they were eventually going to be people Bruce had to fight. Right, yeah, no, exactly. So that's that kind of paid off at yeah. least. It was cool. Yeah, and this is where we have bad plot. So pretty much the gist <clears> is uh, big mafia guys like, I need you to go do a deal, and here's a bag of money. And they go down to some area, and they trade the bag, of, the suitcase of money for a suitcase of empty, and there's a gun battle, and it's a ridiculous scene. It's really hilarious because even the bad guy, the bad guy has a, this automatic rifle, and he's killing all of his friends. Like, right, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, what? And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, our Bruce, he's going to be like, dude, this was like self-defense. I kicked some people, but they were shooting machine guns at me. <laughs> and instead they arrest him. And then we get and, the theme to the movie. So finally we're to the credits. Right, Dad. which is great. It's great credit sequence in this it is. movie. If you, if you really haven't seen Really clever. This, yeah, and 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 – it, what it does is it mimics. We saw it in like Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Fu, etc. But it it mimics Bruce Lee. If you watch the first three Bruce Lee movies, and it's true of the the Chinese version of Enter the Dragon as well. These are how they would do the credits in in Bruce's mm. films. You know, it's just this sort of Monty Python like you know animated version of Lee flying across the the frame with all these different colors exploding behind him, and and that's exactly what they do here. Um, and I, I love the credit sequence on this. It's so Me cool with, with with Bruce like just there's little cutouts of him throwing punches so and while Enter the Dragon is cutting back and forth between. You James were alluding Bond. to it. We have the Enter the Dragon theme, but what is the theme that follows it in the tr- in the credits in the opening credits? I think it's a, it's one of the James Bond movies. Okay, perfect. I didn't. It's going back and forth. Yeah, I know it was something so familiar. Like right when I get past, dun, 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 and then I'm like, wait, what is that? But I knew it was something yeah. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then we've got, like I said, we get so many music cues. Boogie Wonderland shows up in this, and you know, uh, you know, we, Kelly's Heroes, etc. Yeah. So there's <laughs> so much of a mashup of music in this. But yeah, the credit sequence is great and just really sort of sets the tone. I love that. Go back to 82. Yeah. Oh, let's talk to Bob. He's our music guy. He just has all this yeah. stolen music. It's like, what are you guys in the mood for? Yeah, I got I got James Bond. I got, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and Bridge a- over troubled waters as a, yeah. as a ele- <laughs> elevator a bit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there were multiple times where I'm like, this is not the music for this movie, but I like it. You know, and it yep. all worked, right? Yeah. No, it was part of the part of the weird vibe. All right, well, um, so right after the credits, we get to plot building. So we've got the mafioso guy and the ambassador arguing, um, which is just going to lead up to the ambassador, unfortunately, having what's about to happen, which is his uh, daughter being kidnapped. Uh, We've got a bad guy with a cat, which is the mafia dude. I didn't catch his name, so I'm just going to call him mafia dude. But he actually had a cat on his lap. And there was a great scene where he had, like, this naked lady sitting next to him, and he wanted to talk serious. So he's like, hey, you. Get out of here. Get Move. Out of here. 
She's like, oh, okay. It was like so. <laughs> just they had boob girls all around. It's like, well, yeah. we do what we want. <laughs> um, so Bruce ended up. So yeah, end of the end of the thing before the credits. He goes to jail. So at this point, he's getting out, and it's the idea that like he's now done his time for the mafia. So he just wants out, and they're not going to let him out. Obviously, once you're in, you never get to leave the That's servitude right. of organized crime. Which, they, you know, which they don't really enforce all that heavy initially. You know, they're sort of like kind of letting him just do his deal for a while. <laughs> but, you know, it is a nice uh, it is a nice thought anyways for a scary movie. Yeah. What got me about it is like um, it's like, well, they're like, well, OK, so you don't want to fight with us anymore or work with us. But would you go? beat up this guy that we had locked up inside he's like no i won't so then of course long john Lee. yeah and, that, and that's like an example of what you're talking about there's that interesting moment where there is that shift where we get to see where bruce lay's kind of turning a corner yeah and his his buddy you know and this you know i guess his name was ron and i can't remember what they called him and then huang john lee of course is like yeah sure i'll go kick his ass you know and, <laughs> and so it shows the difference but it i mean it obviously doesn't have any eloquence to how they exhibit it's just sort of like bruce goes no i'm changing my ways and and wang jun lee's like i'm not and i'll go beat him exactly. up so and that's the I mean, point they, that's the whole yeah. point yeah totally the whole point was them to be like we are different but friends till later yeah. when we fight in the coliseum <laughs> uh spoiler alarm <laughs> you know again i'll say it i'll say it a thousand times Bruce Plantation movies have no spoiler alert. They've been out. Okay, they've been yeah. out for 30, 40 years. We're okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing in this is um, I didn't quite get the locations. I mean, obviously, when Paris comes, it's Paris. But I guess um, when he talks to his girlfriend about going on a trip with him, and then she jumps in the fountain. Where are we supposed to be? Is that Hong Kong? Right. Well, okay. So no, that's okay. So it's it's interesting. That's a good point you brought up like that fountain uh i forget the name of that particular one that's this is a one of the examples of where they do this travelogue thing that was actually from this is what's such a ripoff okay i'm ready that was la dolce vita is a it's a famous fellini movie and of course that fountain the woman gets in the water and moves around the water it's uh anika ekberg i guess and she gets in the water and does the same thing earlier in the film when um when uh, when Wang Zhongli and Bruce Lei are sitting at a fountain talking, that's the Piazza uh, Navona, which is the fountain in Way of the Dragon, where Bruce Lee is sitting when the prostitute comes over and yeah. Nora Mao's talking to him. That's that fountain. So they're like they hit up all the spots, you know. Oh. And obviously, when they're in Paris, they make sure the the <laughs> the, the uh, Eiffel Tower is in the background. But that's what they're doing. They're just they probably hit the uh, the locals and said, "Listen, where's all the most famous spots that we can go shoot at?" And right. They, yeah. They buzz around, but yeah, that's where that that's where all these fountains are. They're just so iconic. I think they were just trying to they were just trying to get their money's worth for the for the international audience. I love that. Yeah, you know, and we all do it. Um, I've been to the uh, the Oakland House of Bruce. You know, he stood, yeah, he stood yeah. right there on the porch. I stood there too. Yeah. We're the same with Cloud. We're brothers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we get into this. This is fun. Uh, girlfriend's like, oh, you really want to take me on this trip? She jumps in the fountain. There's a great scene that I brought up earlier. It's just ridiculous. Like, it's sort of one of those spitting mouths of water or whatever, and they both take turns mm-hmm. drinking from it like it's a water fountain. And I'm just like... No, that's not potable water. You're going to die. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, there's a lot of definite uh, montage elements to this to just kind of get the, the scenery in. I just like that. It's like, well, you know, Bruce sat at the fountain. Wouldn't we up it a bit if he drinks from the fountain? <laughs> uh. And then the movie turns to Bruce having horrible diarrhea and he can't fight because he got <laughs> scabies in his water. I don't know. That's fine. That's that's your movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> – it's, it's why I'll never make a movie. <laughs> Everyone would be like, oh, thanks for that, asshole. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, so this is a really funny part. So they're, they're drinking from the dirty fountain. Everyone's having a good time. I feel like they are they walk upon somebody doing something like taking portraits or whatever. But then out of the blue, Bruce gets attacked. He gets jumped. And it was just one of those, um, yeah, kind of from the side. So he's caught off guard. But the best thing happens. We don't know who the hell she is. But suddenly this woman shows up with a gun and just starts kicking butt and shooting people as well and i'm like oh. yep dick randall's wife dick randall's wife came can you imagine that he's like here comes your scene baby and she comes yeah. out it was awesome well and that's the sequence we were talking about earlier where you look in the background a couple of shots and you just see crowds of people just leaning against the wall watching these people fight <laughs> to the death and there's like just no sense of urgency and i love that <laughs> yeah, yeah big of open space like that well so not a big deal. It was just a way to introduce our uh, female detective. Uh, suddenly, the ambassador's daughter is kidnapped. And I think this is – I can't remember. You might have to correct me on this. But it's like the Bruce gets shot in the beginning when that first – before the pre-credit sequence opening scene. Was he shot? No. Is that why he's on the ground? Oh, no. He just was on the ground. Yeah. He wasn't shot. Okay. But he gets shot here, doesn't he? he now gets, he's shot. Like, yeah. Now. Yeah, okay. Now no, he's getting isn't shot. Isn't he gut, gut stabbed? I know he has Something, to go to the hospital. Yeah. Right? He's like – yeah. Which is where we get the sort of painted blood. There's no, like, wound. There's just kind of blood on skin. It's just very interesting. And he's all, like, in a hospital bed, like, happy as a clam. Like, just like, oh, yeah, girl. I'm good. Yeah. My girlfriend's live with me. Like, yeah. It took That's me a long got- time to understand who the detectives were. Like, my early notes before I changed all my notes were, like, <clears throat> weird couple shows up at hospital. Because <laughs> oh. they are just <laughs> yeah, like. Andre. Yeah, 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 it's Andre. But he never explains, like, they don't explain early on that they're detectives. It wasn't until, I think they went to the ambassador that they're leaving. They're like, well, where do we go now? And I'm like, oh, shit. And then later on, somebody's like, the detectives. I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I put it together. Um, yeah. Um, this is a great scene. So what happens with this movie from here on out is uh, Bruce Lee gets set up to be attacked by people. <laughs> so in this case, he's in the hospital. His girlfriend's left. And out of the blue... This doctor comes and just starts trying to attack him. And, and the idea is, is it's the mafia still trying to get back at him. Like, no matter what it takes, we'll sneak up on him eventually. Same people yeah. that attacked him in the square. It's all all because he wouldn't beat up the guy or keep his job as a bad guy. It's a lot of resources and a lot of mafia, like, like heavies killed and hurt just because they want to go after Bruce. Yeah, and you get this is where you get a little bit of this awkwardness with the action sequences because you've you've got these Italian stuntmen that are, mm. are and probably not even some of them are even stuntmen. You know, they're just trying to keep up with this Hong Kong, you know, uh, rhythm mm. and cadence of fight scenes, and it doesn't always pan out very well. Yeah, I know what you mean because it's very frenetic the way uh, all the fights come. They, it's not normal, like. Like, you just get kicked, and then suddenly it's a full action sequence. It's weird. Um, yeah, and, and at that point, Bruce, uh, he he beats up the doctor, but then suddenly he's outside, and there's a full car of Western bad guys, and he has to beat them all up. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel like there was an easy, easy transition between the doctor attacking him and then suddenly he's outside fighting all those other guys. It's like... Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. And, like, I get... We get it. It's... Everybody's after him. Um, then we get to the disco, which was a really fun one. Lots more nudity and disco dancing, if you're into that. <laughs> and then, if this isn't enough, next scene, we're off to... Because well, the point of going to the disco is to uh, be, brutalize a few people to find out where the daughter of the ambassador is. Yep. And now we're finally going off to the porn studio. <laughs> and this is what I brought up earlier, the porn studio music. Okay, so you know porn music. Everybody knows porn music. Even if it isn't porn you watch, you've watched a TV show with a porn scene, and they have saxophones and stuff, and that's porn music. This was like this was like a kid's show playing or something like that. <laughs> it was not sexy by any means. And it was really funny. There's a great scene where the porn director or the porn cameraman it's getting really like in there and he's got like a weird little brass like swan in the way and the other guy if you watch him it's really funny because he's not looking at any of the sexuality happening he's looking he's at watching the, the camera yeah he's guy. watching the camera yeah. guy like i don't want to be a part of this i'm just watching the camera guy <laughs> it's like yeah this this lesbian scene that's <laughs> so awkwardly shot yeah there's a scene where the lesbian the lesbians are on top, like the ones on top of the other one, and she's just like straight as a board with her like butt clenched as hard as she can because she doesn't want to show any of her naughty bits, and you know it, and you're just like, <laughs> no. oh god, like guys, let's get past the <laughs> porn studio. I think it's time to get to another fight. Yeah, you're not quite knowing how to shoot this correctly. No, exactly. <clears throat> that's funny. Uh, yeah, and then that what leads into that fight scene, and, yeah. and that's what's so funny about it is that we literally go from this fight scene where he's got a group of guys that take him on here down the street into another sex scene in another room. It's like they go from sex, <laughs> sex to sex, and and uh, in their pursuit. Yeah, they knew what they were selling, and you're right because it's funny because it's like when you look at the actual plot, forget the sexy stuff. We have the roof battle finally, so we have this gigantic black dude and little five foot tall Bruce Lee and he's it's really funny because he starts kind of getting an advantage on him but you know it's not going to happen it's really pretty much this dude is the bolo of the movie and he just picks him up and throws him over and then he's like trying to stomp on his hands and stuff to make him fall from the balcony and it's only his friend the detective uh, producer that comes yeah, to Andre. Yeah, yeah Andre comes to save the day yep some good stuff there actually there's a couple of shots when they're up I mean they probably were just smart about it, but it, it does really look a little bit precarious up on it that did. rooftop. Yeah, I was thinking, boy, don't throw Bruce too far. No, me too. I actually felt it, right? Which you normally don't, right? You're like, oh. right, yeah. In this yeah, case, I'm like, like, wait a minute, buy it. So yeah, then comes the sexy seat. So there's this lady who's naked. And they keep showing her butt, and he's just rubbing it and kissing her. I don't know. It's like it's the longest, weirdest foreplay of all time in this yep. porn studio. <laughs> You think- well, now they're in a totally different place, you know. They're, oh, I thought it was so upstairs. Funny. Well, it's like a completely different element when they All were right. in on that guy. And the, yeah, I'll take so- your words for it. But anyway, we yeah. find the porn boss, and this is great because like <laughs> he hears the door get knocked open, and he's just like, "Oh, well, let me jump out the window." It's like he knew he was going to do that anyway. He had his shirt right there. He just literally jumps out the window, and and then next thing we have this like big chase across the city, which leads to one of the best scenes, which is the um, subway one, or you know the Strasseban or streetcar. God, this is, yeah, I mean, what does he do? He grabs a little kid, yeah. right? So he's got the knife of the kid, but what's so funny is there's another little kid that's like eight years old and he's like kind of, 
keeps like poking the knife at the other little kid, like get away from me, kid, get away from me with the knife. I'm thinking he's like an eight year old kid. Yeah. You could like step on him and crush him, but he's poking at him with the knife. Little blonde kid. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I'm man. like, you have his friend, and that was funny too because it's like, don't come any closer. But then they did the classic. I didn't know that that trope was already established in '82, but it's the am I going to get on the train or off the, the train? train? Who knows? Right. You guys better be really vigilant. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, they catch him. He spills the beans. At first, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they, like, press him. This happens, like, five times in this movie. It's like, I don't know. And then, like, at one point, there's a guy. He has a gun to the dude's head at the disco. And he's also giving him a swirly in the toilet. He's like, tell us. All right. Tell us. Yeah, I'm like, sticking wait, that's too far. The gun was enough. Like, I'm thinking, you already have a gun to my head. Putting my head in the toilet isn't going to make me somehow come clean. Like, uh, yeah. Well, we switch to a fun scene. We finally get Bolo. And Bolo is going after the daughter. And we finally have Odd Job coming. It's such in. a it's a weird scene because you get this hypodermic needle. Somebody's she's getting injected, right. and you're like, "What is going on? Why are they injecting her?" And then Bolo's on her, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is just too much," you know. And then of course Sakata comes in, and there's like a weird moment because they're almost like going to fight each other, Sakata and Bolo. <laughs> but yeah, Bolo's so s- subservient to Sakata because it's like his boss. So I don't even know what that was all right. about. Bolo's, Bolo's like, he's holding up the golden hand. Sakata's holding the golden hand. And uh, Bolo's like, would you please put it away? <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you watch that shot, it's a really weird superimposed shot because it's like the hand isn't even in the shot. They put it in later. It's very weird. It's, uh, it's a strange, I don't know what the, point of that was but. can you imagine like um you know pitching this to sakata like no no this time you get a golden pokey hand yeah you get the same hat yeah we're same play hat. the gold finger <laughs> theme every time you step on camera but you're gonna get the the hans island yeah. redo exactly of yeah <laughs> i love it um okay so uh we have uh oh gosh yeah so it's a great line which i'll throw in right here and yeah it was awesome it's uh I won't touch her. I swear it. It's great. It's it's setting the stage because, right, if the ambassador's daughter was just wantonly raped, well, the stakes are, like, higher. But it's sort of like we're kidnapping all these women, we're injecting them with drugs, but we're also just keeping them in a really safe place on an island. Right. Are you talking about the scene where the guy's crawling out from underneath them? No, I was, I was like, oh. like, this one, if you think about it, like Bolo going after the daughter – um, mm. Sakata just pretty much being like, don't touch her. We're setting that she'll be safe. And so we'll eventually we're about to get to Bruce's sister getting kidnapped and she'll Which be Which is safe. like completely arbitrary, isn't it? I totally. Know, I, did you catch if it was, yeah, it was like they just by chance happened to kidnap the sister of the girl chasing after the No, <laughs> my so... notes were like he kills an old man and kidnaps another girl randomly. And then it yeah. isn't until a few minutes later they're like, Bruce. They got. They killed your dad and took your sister. I'm like, just happens oh, what? All yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess they were locally available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um, okay, then we get to uh, this was fun. It's uh, Bruce at a nude beach, and I imagine we must still be in France for that to be like kind of the way it is. Right. Yeah. Yes. So we get a sniper, which is just a nice extra because the sniper he looks like. Uh, he looks like Brett from Flight of the Concords. He's not at all intimidating, but he goes ahead and shoots the hell out of his girlfriend right in the head. Yep. Yeah. Accidentally, he's obviously aiming for Bruce, but then... It was the classic. It's like a perfectly like circle, zoomed-in thing on Bruce's head. 
And then just at that moment. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, I better get a kiss. Oh, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bruce does some great dodging. There's some good fights. It's actually a pretty funny scene. He comes back, and uh, the detectives are there. Chick Norris. Yeah, Chick Norris is there, and he's like, what's up? And she's like, yeah, she's dead. (laughs) Yeah, and there's that weird moment where they're all huddled over this topless dead girl shot in the head, and they're just kind of – and. you know, Bruce doesn't do his typical grab his fist and I'm going to, you know, shake his fist. I want revenge. But he just sort of, it's very funny because if you watch him, he just sort of hunches over like waiting for the camera to cut. <laughs> it's just so. Like, I'm so mad. Yeah. And then here is my original note. For some reason, Oddjob <clears throat> steals another daughter. <laughs> but we now know it was Bruce's, do- Bruce's sister and his dad was killed in the scuffle. Yeah, and this is um, this is where we get Casanova Wong introduced in okay. the movie too. I was wondering right. about that. Yeah, yeah. So he comes in, and we get a little, you know, which is great. Get a little some more Korean kickers into the movie. Okay. And then, of course, when Bolo steps in, he's decked out in his Bolo outfit. He just walks up the street in a full white gi with a black belt on and walks into the house. Yeah. Well, yeah, they kill the hell out of that guy, and I was like, oh, um, was that Bruce's friend? I guess I don't know. Either way, we get past all that. Now she's kidnapped, and we're at the cemetery. And I think this was great, right? The cemetery. The ninjas. Yeah. yeah. So he's at the cemetery, and he's like, oh, my God, my dad, I guess. Um, I don't know. But it's a beautiful cemetery. Where's that at? Mm-hmm. Was that in still Somewhere in-, in Hong Kong. They were saying okay. it was Macau, but there was somewhere in Hong Kong, I think. Yeah, it's a really nice place. But, um, yeah, exactly. Ninjas come out. Finally, we get ninjas. The title did not lie. The ninja is striking back. <laughs> yes, that's true. And they are striking back. And they're do- and they're doing the... the- the lone wolf and cub thing where they're like disappearing and pausing yeah. and disappearing and reappearing. And yeah, it's the classic which... ninjas are magic, not super skilled shadow yes. warriors. Right. They can actually like disembody themselves and phase in and out of time and space, which I'm fine with. I like ninjas. Um, okay. But that said, uh, now we're suddenly we're back to Hong Kong, which I guess we were, that was the cemetery that brought us back, but that was my note and enter the dragon music again. Sampans, the theme of Sam, because they are now in the same spot, which is in Enter the Dragon. That the theme was called Sampans, and that's where they're. I did not know that. So yeah, so they're taking the exact oh right same. And I said Enter the Dragon theme, but you're right. It's the music they play when they're in Hong Kong in the wharf area with all the boats. Right when you're introducing all the John Saxon. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful music. That was all written for Enter the Dragon, right? Yeah, that was all yeah. uh, Lalo Schifrin. Yeah, it's who, just beautiful. Uh, yeah, who I uh, actually got to interview one time. No it was great kidding. talking to him about all that movie. Yeah, so he actually played the theme to Enter the Dragon on the piano for me. Oh, I love that. I love, I mean, because really, we all love that music. It means so yep. much. And yeah, to hear it oh, reused in these things, I tell you, I'm not really offended. I'm like, as long as we're, you know, doing the thing, we may as well do the thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. And this is where they go to meet uh, Chiu Chi Ling, who we've seen in a number of... I'm glad I give you time to come up with that, because I'm like, who is this guy? He's like, I cannot I cannot help you. And he's like, okay, maybe I can. <laughs> no, no, no. We've seen him all. He was he was in Bruce Lee in New Guinea. We've seen, okay. we've seen him in uh, Bruce Lee, the Man, the Myth. Um, we did, don't uh, think I don't recognize him. I just can't pinpoint it death. like all of you guys can. I'm always like, I know him, but... I don't. It's like well, he's he's great because he's a he's he's actually a very interesting lineage. He's a he studies Hungar. Hungar fist is his his style, and his father 
was a pupil under a guy named Lam Sai Wing, who was actually the famous student under Wong Fei Hung, who's all the Once Upon a Time China movies. So he, he, Chiu Chiu Ling comes from a really interesting um, lineage of martial artists, you know, starting from Wong Fei Hung. So hmm. it's not that far removed. But uh, he's also in a, um, a movie I have a 35 millimeter print of that we are working on trying to possibly bring out next on the Pearl River, which is um, Duel of the Seven Tigers. And, but he where he gets a chance to really show off some of his stuff. Nice. But, uh, he's, he's great. He's a, he's a, we, he was in Bruce's Fingers, too. That was actually his first time that I think he ever worked was in Bruce's Fingers. But anyway. Which so isn't we, that we, like we're intru- number two for us or number one? That was number one. That was yeah. number one, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, he was, that was his first movie. So here he is uh, popping up in this one. Wow. I love it. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. So um, this dude, uh, he, yeah, I love this scene because he's just like, well, now that I've like directed Bruce and his friends, I'm in the forest and I'm pretty chill. I'm just going to hang out here by this tree. He looks like he's having a, the most lovely afternoon. And then suddenly, dun, dun, ninja strike. <laughs> well, now this scene is to me either stroke of just genius. I thought, love it. Or they just didn't know. It. Either way, it, it's such a. <laughs> the perfect thing because I don't know if they intended it this way or not but here you get this guy who's well known as being a very you know intense traditional martial artist he's not an actor he's a martial artist and they bring him into this movie and they have him in there and he get does goes through that form and he goes I'm ready and then that ninja just drops down and just chops his oh head it was off. the best he's like cuz yeah and, he does the whole setup mm, wha, he, yep. he's like now attack <laughs> It was great. It was that Indiana Jones moment. You yeah. Know? It was just perfect. It was, it was great. perfect. Oh, my yep. God. I didn't think of that in that way, but that's brilliant. Um, cool. So Bruce infiltrates the girl kidnapper's den of evil. So he gets to fight a couple of the geed guys, the guys wearing mm-hmm. the geese. In fact, one of them really big on the back. It says in English, Taekwondo, <laughs> <laughs> the foot fist way. I was like, oh, sure. Why not? Uh, and then, yeah, uh, we go through. Let me see. Uh Oh, yeah, we finally get a small Bolo versus Bruce. Not very long, obviously, but it happened. All right. Um, Bolo's going to come back later, so he wasn't defeated here. And, yeah, this is a great line, which I'll throw in right here as well. It's uh, uh, Bruce's buddy. He's like, well, what now? It's like, now the women or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That <laughs> is. Yeah, and it's smart. Bruce actually, like, considering all the things that happened, he's like, dude, you take my sister and get out of here. I'm going to go after the ambassador's daughter. Great. Oh, and and this is where they take her off on the boat, right? Yeah, so she's topless, tied to the mast of the boat. It is so over this. Again, this is an example of how over the top they were trying to – promote at this time the violence the gangsters the nudity because there's no reason whatsoever you're taking this girl i don't even know where they're taking her but so they're taking her wherever but you don't tie her to the mast of a boat topless where it's like everybody's going to be looking at you it's sort of like hide her underneath the i feel like it's like a uh, weinstein i think andre whatever his name is he was a little bit of a exploitive person yeah because you know we don't actually want to see it I don't want to see any of these people uncomfortable in their nakedness, it's, which is what I'm seeing. You know, we all want to see people who are like. Hard. Well, yeah, and that they were using a lot of Italian actresses that were used to doing erotic films right. in Italy, too. So they were probably so used to it. And, and, and you know, Bruce Lay went on to direct Comfort Women, which was all about <laughs> women that were being, you know, the prostitutes and during the war. And so, yeah. so they, they kind of stuck with the sex thing for a while. Yeah. 
And this one, I'm glad you brought up uh, Dragon Strikes Back or whatever it was called because it is literally the same thing. Remember that one? Like it was a cool sports car. They opened the gates and it was just like Challenge of the Tiger. Yeah, yeah sorry, Challenge of the yep. Tiger. Yep. Sorry, I'll always I'll always the... get it all wrong, but my heart's in the right place. No, no, no. I do. It, I, it's very easy to. I do it all the time. Now I leave it to you to get it right. I'll just keep moving. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, he saves his sister, goes off to get the ambassador on the boat, uh, fights, uh, he beats the hand man. It's great, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, odd job. He has his super cool hands, Sakata. Bam. He, I, I like that scene a lot, actually. He just sort of had chaws his hand off of him. And then um, Sakata's like... Oh. And, well, that's, and this is where we get the hat throw. This is where he does the full-on throws the hat. And it sticks into the mast, but uh, and again we noted this earlier. But every time they get to Sakata, they play the da na da na, you know, the Goldfinger <laughs> theme. It's just it's so over the head. They knew they had the guy. I mean, come I on. know, and it's funny because it's like this is the kind of thing you would do in a a uh, like a a mock a mocking film about you know James Bond. Maybe but this is like they're trying to just sort of quote unquote subtly. You know, get the point across. We got a guy from a James Bond movie Seriously. in this. We're pretty good. <laughs> it's like having Booger from the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Revenge of the Nerds. What yeah. are they going to do? They're going to have him pick his Booger, <laughs> be gross. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, this is a little more badass than Booger sucks. So whatever. Sorry, Booger. Wherever you're at in this world, if you're listening. Curtis. Curtis, <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Okay. So, um, yes. Uh, kills Bolo, uh, kills Oddjob, saves the girl. This is really funny because I'm like, well, I guess that was the end. I didn't think about Long John Lee and how we really had to have the real end. And I was like, well, shit, mm-hmm. I've still got 15 more minutes of this movie, 20 minutes. So I'm like, let's buckle down, <laughs> which is great. Uh, back at home, she even says something like, oh, my God, I'm back at home, <laughs> which is great. But then, of course, uh Right out the window again. Right out the window. So he's downstairs in the ambassador's house. She went upstairs to find her dad upstairs. And suddenly you hear, Bruce, Bruce, help me. And he comes around the corner and he's these two huge ass dudes wearing pantyhose on their heads like they're burglars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, uh, he he takes them out pretty swiftly, the pantyhose men. <laughs> um the best, the worst part of this is funny because um, after that they escape. They got the girl. They're taking her off to the Coliseum. <laughs> he goes up to the ambassador, who's been shot directly in the middle of his forehead, and Bruce sort of caresses the back of his head and touches touches his cheek, and he's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, "He's not okay, buddy." <laughs> um, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have our mini final fight. It's the fight that comes before the Well, fight. again, and she's they get there, and what is it? She's tied up topless again to a post. I mean, she's Tied just, to can't... a column. It's hilarious, A huge, man. like, 12-foot-wide <laughs> column. Uh, she had to just think, like, this is my life now. This is all I'm yeah. going to do from here on out is get tied to shit naked. Thank you. <laughs> all right. This one didn't show up on uh, Kung Fu Theater. On no, my, it my sure didn't. Woods, for, for sure. No, both of these, they just had enough... And, uh, sexiness to be relegated to the uh, paid television and, and because i'll forget when we get to it it's important to note that the movie ends with her still tied to the post somewhere <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's like well i beat you and now i'm leaving she's like yeah because well. he goes into this these couple of fight scenes which is a couple of little, little good you know they're pulling some italian martial artists in to do these you get your side guy again and of course a guy yeah side guy exactly. so we we 
we bust oh my god the nunchaku guy was the worst yeah he was like (laughs) spin it on one side spin it on the other over my shoulder ready i was like wow made bruce look better totally in fact one of the um one of the uh clips i have of him on french tv he's demonstrating the nunchaku and he's spinning it around and uh probably uh the routine he used in this movie i love that well i you'll love this this one bit of uh notes i took after a walking tour of the Coliseum, we finally meet Wang Chang Li. Because it's a, like a five-minute... They like whatever rights they got to be there and film some stuff. Which I'll also throw out. If you watch Way of the Dragon today, it took somebody else pointing this out to me because I was so blind to how I'd grown up watching Bruce. They were like, holy shit, look, they're on a set. And I was like, oh, oh, crap. I always thought it was at the Coliseum. Of course it's not. You look, it's like all these bricks behind them. The bricks in this one look better. They look like real bricks. Well, here, this is a a good point to talk about is the sequence here. It's about, it's like a six minute sequence. And what you're saying is 100% right. It's like with, you know, with Bruce and, and Way of the Dragon, they went to the Coliseum and just grabbed a few exterior shots of Chuck up on the, the, the top and Bruce running around a little bit. Some of the exact same places they duplicate exactly. in this movie. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no doubt that they're pulling this film up and watching it in their local Italian screening room to get the shots. Um, but then Bruce uh, and obviously crew went back to Hong Kong to... Well, you, you know, not, I don't, I mean, granted, they, I think it was more an expense thing probably for them. You know, they just were like, listen, we can control Hong Kong better. They just didn't really, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, I, I knew they could barely probably get the the rights to be shooting there exactly right. the same way. But, you know, here, this is actually shot through the Coliseum. They don't drop back into some set. Um, and then, uh, it, but the, it, you know, where they take elements from, way of the dragon and elements that way of the dragon had taken from things like the good, the bad and the ugly and used incorporated into Lee's film. And then they put them in here, but they are so pedestrianly done and they're so on the head. Like for instance, the, the sequence before they even fight, you've got, You've got Wang Zhang Li up on the top going, come here. Yeah. He's going, come here. And you've got and he keeps yelling, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. And he's looking around like he can't find right. him. And he's walking so slow. And if you watch, there's about 100 different shots in the six minutes there in terms of the pacing of this. But the first two and a half minutes is literally him calling Bruce from the top. Yeah. Bruce walking around like he can't figure out where he is. It's the weirdest thing. And I know they're trying to like the good, the bad, the ugly and the most famous and probably best directed moments is at the end of the movie where they take forever just to get to the one gun, you know, the gunfire that goes off. Yep. They're doing the same thing here, but it just makes no sense. And you've got, the, you know, Bruce walking through, they've got this one handheld shot where they're going through the columns and Bruce is on the other side. And it's, it's a long shot. It's like probably about 60 seconds. And he's just, Walking and looking, walking and looking. He's doing his little catwalk, catwalk, you know, and then finally in the last column, he stops and kind of looks towards camera where he like sees it, you know, we're obviously got Wong Jung Lee off, off yeah. the frame. And so, but just the beginning of this is just like, are you kidding me? It's so funny. It was so how long. How they handle it. I mean, I was yeah. really just like, I get it. Like if you're paying for it or whatever, you're there, take the shots. 
put them in. Yeah, and there, and if you watch, and if you watch the scope version of this, you know, which you can get, I think on you know on YouTube, it's okay. uh, you know the two three five. It's got some actually some some cool framing that they do. They actually make use of where they are, and and they if you know when you it's a big, it's a great example of watching that compared to the the crop four by three version where you can mm-hmm. see how much better it looks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how they're, they're, um, mimicking of the films that they're, you know, in this case, it's just, it's just they just don't know how to handle it. Right. All. It's just, and I get that. Yeah. And it's cool to be back. I mean, I love that they were there and got some shots and they're doing the same thing. Uh, absolutely. Again. Yeah. It's cool. And Long Jun Lee is the, he's a badass motherfucker. So he, oh, God, he he's, always he's, looks all oh. dark and mean and cool. <laughs> And he's a, he's a great he's either a great great good guy or he makes a great bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, one funny thing I had to say here, and I know you'll agree, is they did the um, the whole Muhammad Ali thing again, but this time <laughs> our Bruce is not just doing a little boxing, you know, skipping with his feet. He's doing a little dancing. He's kind of it was almost parody level of him doing the fancy footwork. Right, and that's a good, this is again a, a great example of what we were just talking about, which is if you when you watch Way of the Dragon, Bruce Lee's fighting Chuck Norris, and he's fighting him in a fairly conventional, flat-footed mm-hmm. style, and 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 uh, Chuck Norris is beating him, you know, so he gets he gets knocked, he gets knocked, he gets knocked down, and then at that moment in Way of the Dragon, he stands up and he kind of brushes off his pant leg, and then he starts going the back and forth, back and forth with the little shuffle that he does, and then Chuck gives him a little look like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, and then that's where the tide starts to turn. They do that here, but all that happens is is, is Wong Jung Lee knocks Bruce Lee down, and, and Bruce Lee gets up, tastes his own blood, and just starts dancing. And then they cut to a they cut to a shot of Wong Jung Lee, like he's looking at him, like, "What's this transformation I see?" But there's just nothing that's taken place. It's just him getting up and doing more footwork. But I think in their heads they thought, "Okay, this will be the big transformation scene," but they didn't necessarily do anything choreography wise Michael, or action wise to yeah the day we battle each other it's going to be just that i'm going to be doing my moves and you're going to be confused <laughs> out of your mind until i punch you in this could stomach. Be, that could be it maybe that's all it takes you know you're right. <laughs> i'll just do i'll do like the watuzi and you'll be like what and then i'll punch you <laughs> right in the stomach okay that said you're right it was like so funny and then it leads to um you know uh Tsuruki again this whole jetly I mean, it's a classic thing, the x-ray. It's the funniest right. thing I've ever seen in my life. And in this Which case, at this point, they were probably borrowing it from the Street Fighter. Okay, this, they were. Stage. They you were know, doing Suriki, yeah. yeah. I love that, because that makes sense. And that's the first place I ever saw it. Of course, with the with the Street Fighter, you know, they, they actually pulled a rubber skull and shot it through, <laughs> like, an x-ray. Here, they somebody found an old Bugs Bunny cartoon and pulled out some weird, like, cartoon bones breaking and a heart stopping and it's it's i mean like literally i'm not trying to this is not hyperbolic it's like they no. found some cartoon yeah. and stuck it in there so maybe one of our uh <laughs> our astute listeners will probably know which cartoon it was from but yeah it's very funny it's really weird because um bruce it just goes into like super animated not even like x-ray it's just an animation yeah and it's, it's a hand cart- it grabs yep. two ribs and pulls them out yep and breaks them <laughs> yep. yeah it's badass that was and then this is this is again a, a, a dead ringer for the end of Way of the Dragon, where Chuck falls yep. down on the ground up against the wall. We, you know, Wang Jung Lee does the same here, and he drops down. And instead of, you know, Bruce putting the the karate gi over him in honor, he just, you know, Bruce Lee just kind of closes his eyes with his with his fingers yeah. and 
Um, it's kind of, and again, it's a little, you know, where with, with, with Bruce's film, you know, for as much as you might criticize Bruce Lee's direction in that movie, you know, he kind of takes a beat and he grabs the jacket, he brushes it off. And here you kind of, Bruce Lee goes straight up from crazy Bruce Lee punching kick to like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm calm. You know, like he, he kind of switches so quick and then he walks across the the way and they figure they get a nice shot of the background and he collapses at the fence. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's again, it's like I said, this, this is an example of a movie that in its, on its surface is really not Bruce exploitation until you start adding up all the elements within, you know, there's somebody who, you know, knows Bruce Lee, whether it's Chick Norris on the poster right. or the fountain that they shot way of the dragon or the choreography at the end, you know, with way of the dragon, you know, where we end or all the sunglasses that, uh, totally <laughs> sunglasses that, uh, Lay wears in the movie. Yeah, this was definitely bond exploitation. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> That's right. Um, I would call it like uh, what do they call that soft porn exploitation. <laughs> yeah, the old days of Showtime. Porn. I mean, I'm no better than anyone else. When I was 18 years old, a, a nice Showtime movie with some boobies. It's like it made my life. <laughs> I was a, I was a go. very pathetic young man. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. That was a great movie. I really did enjoy it. Um, really fun fights and overall this was wacky it really did remind me of yeah. the last one and i love that they did this it's so different and def- yeah it is it's it's one of the ones that's so bad it's good you know yeah. it kind of keeps your you entertained and Absolutely. whether it's the, your la- there's like you know where the guy even if it's just a weird little things like when they're chasing the guy you were talking about through the streets and he runs down he runs up to a fence because they just want to get a shot of the city in the background. He grabs the fence and shakes it like there's <laughs> supposed to be a gate there. And then he stops for a minute and then goes to the stair that's about four feet away. You know, there's no reason why he would have stopped at the, the fence to shake it, except so they could hold a shot there for a minute of the city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like, we have it. Do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. As uh, as someone who's acted as extensively as you have, you must uh, definitely um, feel bad for people forced to be in scenes like that, right? No, we're getting yeah, we're, we're getting the get background, it, but... not you. Just shake the fence, Look, God damn it! Yeah, this. But you know what? We you got this is you know Dick Randall. <laughs> yeah. Dick Randall. I mean, he went on to do some like you were talking about already. Just some you know crazy. He did pieces. Obviously, they stuck Bruce Lee uh, in, and and he. Um, he did this movie. Anybody listening to this has got to see. It's not Bruce Bloitation. It's midget exploitation. It's called <laughs> For Your Height Only. Oh <laughs> and they found God. the shortest human being on earth. He's like four feet tall. And it was in the Philippines. And he's like becomes a secret agent. And he just runs around doing this stuff. And it's the wackiest, what? zaniest. It's called For Your Height Only. Right. For Your Eyes Only. You have to see it. It is great. Um, We're in. But that was also Dick Randall was involved in that one too. So Fucking dick. <laughs> okay i'm sure that's what everyone said back in the day they're like god he did it again yep, crazy it old again. dick randall stirring oh, it up man. all right well we're off to the end here um any news well we talked a little bit about it at the beginning yeah you know, we got we, uh, we got we, criterion we the... collection bruce lee uh uh we have uh dynamo sitting there on amazon waiting to be sold out and then everyone's gonna miss out after that what else? That's right. I think Dynamo actually will will stay intact. I think uh, Leg yeah? Fighters may go into yeah Leg Fighters may go into an out of print status. So if you want to pick up Leg, which is num you know um, it's a uh, spine number one. Beautiful so you movie. Get it anyway, yep. 
and yeah and then um you know i'm on to uh we're in the process of i've got a couple of titles we're looking at right now it just depends on our we're, we're tentatively have as it's already listed as duel of the seven tigers is up mm-hmm. on the website hopefully that's where we're going to go we may push it to the fourth one and, and we might even do a two disc set prior to that with two other titles but I'm, we're just we're looking at the scans right now i just have to kind of determine which one's going to be which one's going to be best and then um and then the documentary is going great. Where the people have been wondering about the documentary, it's looking really, really good. Um, I've also, you know, getting a chance to have a some discussions with uh, Sarah from Carolexies, who did, what? who did the real Bruce Lee, yeah. and uh, you know, Black Dragon, cool. you know, the death of Bruce Lee, and it's been really interesting talking to him because we're, you know, we're um, working on getting one of his original prints of the real Bruce Lee um, for something, and. Uh, He's boy. Some of the stories that guy has got is just great. I mean, he's just like a, he's like a, a great. He's like a Dick Randall, but better. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really was at the forefront of the uh, of the kung fu craze coming into America and, right. and some of the things that he did. You know, I mean, he was like one of the first guys to bring him over. How neat is that? I love that. Say. It's so cool. Yeah. You know me. I'm always on the outside looking in because uh, you know, and I guess that's the 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 charm that we have to get that we do these and I'm understanding them from your perspective, but yeah, I've always, uh, you've talked about him for such a long time and how it's just cool. I, I love that you get yeah. to talk to so many of these people and, Oh, it's been great doing this, yeah. this the work on these films and, and, um, it's really amazing. And yeah. And to, to do this work on this documentary, it's been great. I mean, it's been like a lifelong dream of mine and just so for the last four or five years, it's been nothing, but it's just the doors it's been opening up. It's Come been into great. a head. I'm telling you, you know, I mean, I didn't think five years ago I'd be like this guy running around trying to restore these movies and bring them to the fans and get some of these filmmakers and actors to, you know, to, to get them on camera talking about this stuff. Well, but, Godspeed, you know, sir. I think we all agree. Yeah. Thank God there's somebody out there trying to get these things and you have the framework in place that you can actually well, preserve this yeah. stuff. and. That's a kind of what it is, is that pressure is on because I realize that <laughs> I do. And the funny thing is, is the the people that have had these films where they're li- they just don't, they're not, they're, first off, you almost got to strangle people to get them to loan you these movies. And I'm going, come on, you have the last copy of, you know, blankety blank. And you, you yeah. the only print don't, we know, and they're like, don't no, take it I want to you to hang on to it. Don't yeah. touch it. I want it to sit in my garage. And I'm like, oh, man. No, I hate that so idea anyways, of people taking yeah. important things to their death. It's like it was, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's like I get it. You had this little thing you owned on Earth, but lots of people want to see this thing that it is. It's it, this special little piece in history. And come on, yeah, yeah it fills a hole in them. Something right. else. It's like obviously they need to fill it in by feeling important or you know like in control or whatever it is. But I just see it so much. It's just really depressing. Okay, and occasionally I've had it happen where I've run into that guy or that. Well, it's always been a guy in this case, but you know that guy oh, that's got know. that, and he's like. <laughs> They hold back, and then I happen to find it somewhere else. You know, like I, you know, I find it in some weird little. Mo- and I'm like, I always want to call them up and go, <laughs> "Mother, yeah, it's like, hey, I, yeah. I got, hey, sorry, here's a bud. complimentary 4K version of the thing you're hoarding, asshole." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, okay, so that's I, not that on. mean, then, but I get the point. It's it, it's no, it's yeah. hard on the soul to have people hoarding something that really should be out there for all of us. I mean. Yeah, these things yeah, it's are just, only... it was just history. You know yeah, what I mean? It's just exactly. It's like it's, it's it's not even just about you know we we're not making a lot of money on these things. It's just let's get them out, get them preserved, so that it's not like it dies a, a terrible death on YouTube. That's all you know. And so them. many have. You think of yeah. uh, New Guinea as Chris 
brought it up. I mean, he, Chris uh, Kaczynski brought it up. Like, uh, he, I think he did his original review <clears throat> of um, New Guinea like ten years ago, and he just can't find that copy anymore. And now the only one we have is that gross VHS copy from Australia that was actually recorded from television. It's not even VHS. It's like it's hard to watch. I'd rather watch yeah. cut. So we just want we want all of the things in their pure in their pure form. Yeah, and I uh, and this kind of segues into probably where we're about to go, which is that in terms of like John Saxon, mm-hmm. you know, I um, I uh, spent a couple of months with him. This is a few years ago. It was back in about 2015, 2016. And I just said, look, John, you know, I forget things that I just did a couple of years ago. I said, why, why don't we just sit down and start just talking about everything, you know? And, and he was like, yeah, sure, why not? So over the course of two or three months, um, I sat with him and just would go with him for an hour or two and just sit and record audio and just and just talk to him about his entire life, you know, from his starting with his parents, you know, just when he was a little kid and all the things that happened to him as a kid and a teen, preteen and a teenager. And when he first came to Hollywood and meeting James Dean and working with Sal Mineo and Mar- Marlon Brando, you know, what Burt a Lancaster. Time. And of course, you know, Bruce Lee and and all the way up to when he was working with me on my the last couple of films I did with him, you know. Uh, yeah. Um and so uh that, you know, grabbing that bit of history when we're we're just talking about the, the film stuff, you know, and doing these movies and the reason I want to put out like special editions with them is because it's it's, it's getting that uh, getting those some of these people there. Like we luckily we got Philip Coe before he passed away. Luckily we got, you know, um uh, John Ben, you know, and, and some of the others. And, and so here leading up to that. So what we have here is, you know, I, this is a, this is just a little piece I thought would be interesting to you know, the fans of this show, which is, um, I spent a couple of hours just talking with him about enter the dragon, but this, um, this little piece here was just a moment where he was talking about how he just had arrived in Hong Kong and he went to the hotel and they just said, Hey, Bruce wants to see you. Can you go meet him at his house? And so he he popped into it was just down the street from his hotel and he, he popped into a little cab or whatever and went down to his house and he went and he met him and um, and he's already gone in and so this clip you're about to play picks up he's gone into the house he's Bruce is like showing him around the 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 weights and stuff and then right from there is where this clip picks up and uh, it's it's kind of a it's a, like four or five minutes but it's you know, and we're just sitting in his backyard talking but it's kind of listen, interesting to listen to him talk about what happened and the other thing you know. And I can't remember what it was. These kinds of punches, you know, with just like the one snap punch, yeah, mm-hmm. bang, you know, bang. And he and oh, you know, I think he did it with me too. You know, go like right in the office, you know, stun him and knock your back, you know. And anyway, then I walked a little ways across, and I he had a volume of of, of books, a library of books, a library, but what it would have been. Mostly martial arts stuff and so on. This is in the same room with the training same equipment? Same room, mm-hmm. yeah. Just a little ways away, you know, like maybe a little beyond the, the wall here or mm-hmm. the thing. And I went to look at them, and, you know, and I looked at all these books that he had. And I came back, and we continued to talk and talk and talk. And he ta- began to tell me things about him right away about that were um, hurtful. He was supposed to have been... In 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 the in in a TV show, the Green Hornet. Well, he was in the Green Hornet. Kung Fu, but even Kung Fu, he was supposed to be in. in and you had already done it. And I was in it, but 
another guy got to, to do it David as Carradine. well. Carradine, exactly. That's they had asked you to do it. You couldn't get out of your contract. I think it was something like that. So I w- but I didn't tell him that I was going to do the same thing that you were supposed to do, you know, and I was going to do it. I remember sort of saying, well, forget that for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he was... Uh, but he was, but ta- he was talking he, about it, how it oh affected him. Oh, man, no, mm-hmm. he, you know, he went on, and he talked with, um, with, with real feeling about what had screwed him because he was supposed to, he, he had done something in Hong Kong on television and showing everybody what he could do, mm-hmm. you know. And then somehow they didn't want him to do it again or he didn't do it again. And he, he was indicating somehow some hurt, like, I'm showing them everything I have, and why are they not really, something was going on that bothered him a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And he started telling me about all these things, you know, but with sincerity, you know, like, oh, this and that, no, no, with gritted teeth, you know, yeah. kind of feeling. And it went on for a little while, and then all of a sudden he said to me, let me uh, see how you do your high, your uh, kick, your uh, sidekick. And, well, th- three weeks earlier, I had been doing that at the park. At the, what, what was it? Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was doing it until I left to go back to get a shower, and I saw the back of my leg was black and blue. So... At that time, I was wearing a band. Oh. So he said, show me how you do your high kick. Uh, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't very good. Would he pull out a, ba- a pad or something for you to kick? He, or yeah. Shield yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but he gave me a pad now. <laughs> That's what the point was. <laughs> um, and he looked and he walked around the room. And I was wondering what he was walking about, you know, like that. And, and um, there was a chair. And I don't know why he was moving it. You know, and he walked up by me. And, and then he gave me this, you know, it wasn't a pad. It was like a shield. Shield. But, you know, rubber, rubber. Right, yeah, an air shield. So he said, okay. Uh, I, and he said, you ready? I said, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And he did a hop, skip, and a jump. Bum, 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 and bam, hit it. And I went back on my heels like this, this, into that chair. That's where he wanted me to be, and that's where I went. But what happened was I was weighing 172 pounds at the time. I cracked the chair. And I saw he was like uh, looking like, so I, I said, don't worry, I'm not hurt, I'm not hurt. He said, yeah, I know, but my chair, that's my famous chair, my fam- favorite chair. Because he had this gag with everybody with kick, a long kick, and they knocked him on this chair, and they fall full down, not like me, like I did. Only I hit it hard and broke it. And, broke it. <laughs> and so that was the almost the end of that day. When we walked out onto the street from his house, because we were going to go to uh, have a, a lunch. And uh, what's his name? Fred. Uh, Weintraub. No, I'm Fred. Paul Heller. The, the black guy that we were working with. Jim Kelly. Kelly. Jim Kelly. Um, I don't know if he t- told me that he was going to be there, but we were walking on the street, and as we were walking on the street, all of a sudden I was hearing, 
cars beeping. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? And I'm looking, and they're waving to him, you know, out in the street, waving slowly. Beep, 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 beep. And a, a bunch of ladies, old elderly women, about at least, I don't know, there were about five of them. They were walking very slowly, and they saw him, and they ran to him. And they talked to him, because I didn't understand anything he was saying, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just, but I must tell you, in all honesty, I was just smiling and watching what he was, because he was laughing, you know, and talking to them what they were doing. And they, was, and they were holding on to him. I swear to God, holding on to him, you know. And the beeping in the background, and I'm just standing there, watching there. And I really feel good about what I think I'm into with this guy, <laughs> you know. And so we go to a restaurant. Kelly is there. We have lunch. Was anyone else there besides Kelly? Uh, no, just Kelly, me, and, and Bruce, and uh, the waiters, who all knew him. And they were looking at him like this, and who are these other two guys with you, you know? <laughs> and who, and, yeah, and black guy and a white guy. Yeah, black guy and a white guy. <laughs> and so that was the end of the day. I went so back. when you guys just, I mean, just uh, just for a moment, you guys just basically were just shooting the crap about each other? Or were you talking about the movie and what you, or was it, do you remember any of the conversation that was going on? Yeah, there? well, he, what I was trying to tell you, and I have it written down somewhere, uh, how bitter he would became, because he expected he was going to be doing this kind of show. But they stopped him from doing it, or it was stopped. And and but he had in America. No, 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 in in, in Hong Kong. Or, or, but the other thing I found out much later, much much later, when I went to I do some after long after I didn't know anything about it, that he was watching me when I was doing this thing with my uh, karate group. We we were sparring, doing a little sparring, and doing things like that. And he was there. And that may have been what uh, made me get to the role with I mean, he was him. in the class? It wasn't the a class. class. It wasn't well, a class. Well, I mean, he was in We were group. We were so, in, yep. uh, like a, a probably a, a high school situation. So you were doing like with your martial arts group, you were at a demonstration. A that demonstration. You found out years later that Bruce Lee was actually in the audience. Absolutely. I mean, never. he never mentioned it. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him things that I heard, you know, or anything yeah. like that. And um, oh, so, to the end of the, uh, the here's the, the real punch. Right. And, I, and I think I mentioned it to you uh, because I, I, it actually made me feel. He came in to this restaurant where we were. Kelly was with me, and we talked for a long time. But he came in dressed. You know, really nice. Yeah. So you met him. He was dressed really nice. Yeah, he was going okay. somewhere with somebody or what? I don't know what it was. But uh, so it was it started at five thirty or so, and the conversation went on for probably another hour. And then finally he got up and he said, "Okay, I need to go." So he turned around. He left the inside of the the restaurant and went through a door, and it led out into I suppose the corridor. You know, and I watched him. This is. I'm not superstitious about anything. I watched him, and all of a sudden he looked like he was elevating. Or elevating or levitating? Levitating. Probably simply because the ramp was like that. <laughs> I swear, it had to be. But at the moment, looking him from a dark room inside the restaurant and watching him walk away, and he's moving up like that, it got me with a, my eyes like, 
What's going on here? I swear to you, that's where the world. That's very funny. It, it and it's what very. What did you think of Kelly? Hmm? What did you think of Kelly when you? I didn't know him uh, any more than I knew anybody that they. No, she was wondering what your first impression of him was when you met him at that. Well, I, we went to the restaurant and he, he didn't talk much, mm-hmm. didn't say much, and so on. And he didn't like what he was eating, <laughs> uh, and he still didn't like it. In other places, like it was. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. Got anything else? You know, he so that worked in the movie because there's a scene in the movie where he does that. Remember, he looks at the food. <laughs> but he did actually. He, he he was looking at the food like, you know. And I I was accomplished en- enough around the world to go to eat all kinds of things. So I didn't mind that. And then um, we, I split. And he was there. And Bruce came and we talked, and he was all dressed. And when he left, he was going. It felt, it looked like, so help me. But in my mind, listening to that whole day, it probably helped my my brain cells think. Oh my God, you know, he's levitating. (laughs) Well, and that was that was the. the, So that was your first big meeting with the two of them. I got it. That's good. So you were you you felt at this point you felt a lot more comfortable probably seeing what you were getting into, right? Uh, Yeah, after the day after that day, Mm -hmm. because he he confided to me about how how you might even say angry because he could he could get get angry, you know, Mm -hmm. like with his teeth kind of talking being clenched. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to do, as I think I told you, what people were asking that I might be doing. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Right. But I didn't, I didn't as I said, I didn't ever get into that. that thing. When did you start well, the movie? Or did yeah, you well, how long were you there for before you actually ended up starting? Probably, well, I think I was there the beginning of, somewhere in January. And there you go. And then boom, it's over. And then boom, it's over, yep. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, it's just that was, you know, it's it, it goes on and on and on. But I just love the idea of this, this yeah. parts of these stories that 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 take place off the set of Enter the Dragon. You, know, you hear about some of the stuff that happens on on the camera or what happened on the set where Bruce is, you know, sparring with the triad guys or whatever it is. You know, but it's it's such an interesting story from John's perspective. All the things that were going on there, and and um, you know, I have a couple of photos that he took on the set. You know, um, oh, have neat with even Bruce in them, a couple of them. You know, but um, and uh, anyways, it's just uh, I was just really glad to have the opportunity to sit and do that with him and take that time to keep his you know kind of get his memory in there because now that he's gone, it's like you know gone yeah you know? we're at the end of all that too like you know he's gonna pass and or sorry john just passed but i'm thinking about like all the other people involved you know um i don't know if klaus has passed but i brought that up on twitter yeah he did. and i actually mistaked nora and angela in my uh, anyway i was quite embarrassed but that's me <laughs> but well, I, yeah i mean actually it's it's interesting because with enter the dragon you know we're at a place now where like a, most of the the top line people have passed exactly and you know, we still have um, God, we still, Bob yeah, and Lalo, Bob and Lalo Schifrin. Bob Bolo, right? Yeah, Bolo's still here. We still got Bob Wall, right? We still have um, I think Michael Allen, who wrote it, is still around. We lost um, Weintra- uh, Fred Weintraub, right. and Paul Heller's still around. So, but uh, other than that, with the cast, I mean, you know, you've you know, 
Anna Capri, Bruce, Jim Kelly. You know, I mean, it's uh, give us ten years and there. no one will be left that yeah. it was actually there, except for Bolo. <laughs> except for Bolo, exactly. Yeah. You fantabulous bastard, you. Yeah, just keeps moving. Well, there it is. I hope you guys enjoyed. All righty, man. Well, well, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, guys, until next time. Till then. <laughs>